Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. As always, we want to thank our listeners and our sponsors. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Tons of things happening, so make sure to follow us on our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media platforms for updates and news. Remember to check the check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. So excited about the podcast today as I chat with entrepreneur co-founder of the Football Parents Association at the Ohio State University, speaker, author, educator, former spokesperson for Campbell's Soup, minister, and much, much more, DJ the Sports Mom, Deborah Johnson. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at DJ the Football Mom and on Twitter at DJ underscore Football Mom. Let's welcome Deb Johnson. Ah! <laughs> you knew I was just going to come in and start screaming, right? <laughs> How much fun is this? I mean, you know. Well, I'm going to come back. By the way, I'm recording. I start immediately, jump right in. That's fine. Um, I'm going to come back up there soon. I, I was through town a couple weeks back. And I actually reached out to Jay, but we just couldn't hook up. And I was only uh, okay. a couple days. My uh, little sister and nephews were in town. So I hadn't seen them in two years because of the pandemic. Oh, wow. And stuff. COVID. So, and, yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for doing this. I'm it's so good to be here. <laughs> so freaking excited to do this just because, you know, when we met a couple weeks ago, and I even said this to Jay, it was like I'd known you guys forever. It just like no. it's so easy and and just fun. I know it's just and then all all the all the connections. You know what I mean? And and right in the same community, just not far, and just yep. this was good. It's good stuff. Yep. But I mean, like, I assume this conversation is going to go all over the place. But one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on is, you know, you you started this kind of relationship between student athletes as a parent of mm -hmm. and through the, through Ohio state that became this enormous platform, yeah. I guess. And you right. moved it into the NFL. And I think that that relationship of how we inspire kids and vice versa, I think you are such a proponent of that. And I'm also just interested, my God, you've done so many things to me, which are so cool. Like you were the spokesperson for Campbell's Soup at one point in time. You won yeah. you won the Oz um, Challenge. I don't know the exact name of it. The, yeah, it was the NFL Moms yeah. Ultimate Health Challenge. Yeah. And and yeah. so like yeah. but you've been you've worked in government, you've worked in education, like you're currently mm -hmm. still working in education. I do. I still teach. I teach labor relations. Yes, and, I do. I've been doing that for years now. And you're also, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. Like there's just, so there's just so many things that you do. And, and I think your relationship with your kids, which I, you know, 
that we talked about and Jay and I talked about, you have such a great relationship, not only with them, but I think Mm -hmm. with their friends. Like I think, yeah, I have, I have those relationships with my friends' parents where it's almost like secondary parents. And I think like you're one of those people, but (laughs) you know, I mean, just not knowing you super well, but I could like, you could just tell that you have that, that relationship um, with kids. And so I really don't know where to start. I think maybe the inspiration part of like how, how you started maybe, maybe with Jay and how you started that, that, uh, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called with, oh, the, with the, Ohio the State. football parents association yes. at Ohio state. Yeah. So the football parents association at Ohio state. Well, wow. You know, the, the, the reality of it is when your when your child plays in sports, particularly if they played in sports a long time, you enjoy this very nice connection uh, to the coach. You typically know the coach by by name. Uh, they live in your community. Uh, you know the other parents. Often they live down the street, around the corner, that kind of thing. Um, as they move along, I mean, as soon as you become a parent of an athlete, you get involved. You know, I think the typical parent, you know, notwithstanding all of life's demands, you really get involved. So you are toting water to games, you are working concessions, you're selling tickets, whatever it is. And you start to feel a real part of the team. I mean, you just see yourself as an extension of this community. And in, in, in Dublin, we call, we have this Irish community. When something happens, they'll, it's everything Irish. They, they went to the Sayota and everybody knows what that means. So, and I am a graduate of Ohio State, the Ohio State University. So when my child, yes, <laughs> when my child got all these offers, but kept holding out for Ohio State, I mean, every conversation was, yes, I'm very interested, but my first choice is the Ohio State University, although I haven't gotten an offer. <laughs> and then finally, he gets this offer. And I'm just geeked. I mean, like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like, oh, like for once, like now I'm going to be on a whole different, it's not, it's not in the South stands. It's going to be like front and center watching my child. And we get there. I mean, just, I couldn't ask for a better first season, a national championship. I mean, like every game, it was like, oh my gosh. Rob, <laughs> oh, trust oh me. Gosh, I remember that this. year. Like it was oh. yesterday. Oh. And it's just like, oh, my! I, I jumped on the field at the Michigan game. Thank God I still have both my legs, right? I ju- just jumped down. I was so excited. Everybody's pulling up divots. And we can't wait. We cannot wait. And I'm like, on oh, Jay, hey, babe, I, I need my packet. Hey, baby, I need my packet. Ma, I don't know what packet you're talking about. No, I mean, just the, the, the information for parents. I just, he said, Ma, I don't know. You know, Trask, call, call his office. So I called his office. I talked to Deb Broker. And I said, hey, this is Deb Johnson. I want to get my packet. And she said, I love packet. And I said, well, just the, the parent information. And she says, well, I mean, you know, you get your, you get six tickets, not four. I said, no, but like, is there a parent hotel? No. Is there a parent gathering? No. So now it's like, you know, trying to reach out to parents that you know, and, and we're freshman parents. So you're trying to just, the people that you know, people in your recruiting class, you get there, um, you finally get situated and the game comes, the big day comes and we are in the stands. And I just can remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, Eddie George is right there, (laughs) like right there in the booth. And I'm on that row that sits right by the ESPN booth. I'm standing next to Vern Manco. I'm standing because we stood the entire game. Like nobody sat down that game. 
And when we won, we were so excited. But Vernon and I looked at each other and went, goodness, we won. And there's no period celebration. I mean, we're going to go down to the to the tunnel and we're going to wait, you know, till our kids get out. But it wasn't that now we're all going to go back to this venue. And we looked at each other and said, this will never happen again. We're going to figure this out. And we went back and started the arduous work. And it was a lot of work. I had no clue. When you're dealing with a humongous university, which is a major corporation, is what it is. And I didn't realize about licensing. We couldn't be the Ohio State anything because there's a <laughs> license with that. And it took us two years. We got a 501c3, but it took us two years to even get a name. <laughs> but we finally, finally became the Football Parents Association at the Ohio State University. It was so exciting. So FPAOS, and it started, and then it started small. Those first meetings were like five or six family groups. And we just, my husband cooks, we started cooking for parents and pulling together issues. We, we paid somebody to become the, the official photographer. Do you realize that if your child is not a really big name, if they're not a Jay or an AJ Hawk or a Troy Smith or a Bobby Carpenter, you may not have any pictures of your kid on the field unless you take them yourself in the stands. Or if you have the, you know, your kid might be the walk-on child that just one time gets in and out and you didn't get that. So we hired a photographer to do that. We realized when I kept wondering, where's this, where's this child's parents? I mean, where's this child's mom? I see the dad. And then I realized, oh shoot, they're from Miami. They wow. can't come up here from every game from Florida. They have another child. And so we did an adopt a parent program. And we started then uh, making sure that we took a uh, cut picture, you know, cut things out of the newspaper for that parent, uh, let them know the parent, the kid had a fever. No kidding. One time a mom called me up and she said, my baby just doesn't sound good, Deb. I mean, if you could just go eyeball him and just see if he's okay. You know, I went one step further. I went and got him. I took him to lunch and he was feeling better, but she just needed hands on as a mom, as a dad, you just need that. And we realized we had become a family. By the third year, I would say 90% of the parents were dues paying members of our organization. And what we've seen in the growth over the years has been exponential. Uh, in our 15th year of existence, the group, the current group uh, honored me as their, as their you know, founding member and president. And they were just telling me all the different things they do now. And because of what we did, you know, now they have buses that are paid for. You know, we didn't realize that for some parents, every game is an away game. Yep. Every game. And it just dawned on me. I live 15 minutes from the stadium. So I was worried about getting hotels for the away games. And they were like, hey, um, <laughs> every game we come is an away game. We come all the way from Minnesota when we get, I said, oh, geez, the expense of it all. Yep. So we're just having and, and, and shining light on things. And there's no one there for that parent like it is for another parent. Was, was there any other organizations like this in the country? Or did you did you really kind of launch this that it, it, I'm assuming that people like really started to take your model and really take it to other schools. They did in fact do that. We, 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 we did happen upon some other parent groups, but not as organized as we were. I have to give a lot of credit to coach Tressel at the time who he partnered with us. You know, I told him, I got a great idea that will keep, <laughs> keep parents from calling your coaches every five minutes. If we had more information, they would call us. And once they're safe knowing they could call us, 
they won't keep calling you. Right. And it was a great recruiting tool. <laughs> Guess what? Yep. We started doing parent orientation. Yep. So when you brought your child to school for the first time, we said, hey, hi, we're FPEOS, and we had a luncheon for you. And we told you the ins and outs, how to stay in the boundaries, what's the best way to get in touch with your child, how to do all kinds of stuff. And it just made people feel welcome. So yes, I do believe we've become a model for that. And over, and I've seen parent organizations crop up. To this day, I still have people reaching out to me saying, I'd love to talk to you. I had a, a mom from Maryland call and she said, Maryland doesn't have anything like that. I don't even know where to begin. So I've been doing stuff like that. So, so how, yeah. like, what's your relationship with the organization now? I mean, are you still... In this? Let me tell you the uniqueness of our organization. It's different from school to school but I stand by this. My relationship is I am, I'm their founder. They know they can reach out to me, but I told them at the beginning, at the beginning, people were saying, well, you know, if we turn over control, it's not about control. When you don't have a kid on that team, you shouldn't have skin in the game like that. Yep. So we relinquish everything once your child is out. Once your child is out, that parent is off the organization. We started kind of a little alumni group and we keep up with those parents, but you don't, you don't get to vote because things change from season to season to season. What it looked like under Trestle is very different under Coach Day, very different under Meyer, how the rules are changing. Now the name, image, and likeness, that's going to be a whole different thing. Lots of stuff to talk about, right? Oh, yeah. So, so what, what it looks like is we're still available. When a parent reaches out and says, oh my gosh, you're Deborah Johnson. I just love to just talk to you. I am happy to talk to parents. I'm happy to do that. It's in my blood. I'm all about families being able, you have no idea. Yes, you do. You have every idea <laughs> of what sports does for the family unit. Mm -hmm. Even the kids that don't play sports. It brought my entire extended family together. It's yep. just been a wonderful thing for all of us. No, and it I, really I has. yeah, I mean, like I said, I played, I mean, I never played. I got redshirted and then quit, but I was at Ohio State. And I remember my great uncle was such a Buckeye. I mean, my most mm. of my family are Buckeyes, but right. my, my great uncle. And I just remember... I don't remember how he phrased. I just remember how proud he was that I was playing on a on a sports team. Like, it's and huge. it is like it's a big deal. Like, because Ohio State is, like you said, it is a brand. It's, and it's, it's a major brand, yeah. and people know you all over. Everywhere yeah. I go, people would say, "Oh, the Ohio State! Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys are!" But they know who we are. Like yeah. us or love, you know, or hate us, they love us. Yeah, and in it, that they know who we are. The the yeah. love and the hate is the same to me, and it's like it is the same. You're, you're, you're it's an admiration. It's a it's a it's a form of admiration. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know who we are. You know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I I and I love it. So no, absolutely. It's, the name, image, likeness stuff is so interesting. And Jane actually talked about that a little bit. Oh, Which gosh, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's going to be a huge component of the parents association now. It's got to be because my yeah. goodness, like I, I think it, it's going to be a little scary for a while because I was reading the other day that that Alabama backup quarterback, not even the starting, I mean he's a freshman, already right. has like a million dollars of endorsements already, and right. it's like I just we're I think we're going to try to do some stuff with some individuals but do it as a team even though right. we have to license each individual 
That's right. Because I think that team aspect is really going to, there's going to be pressure points on that. It's like, you're telling me like one of the offensive linemen in Alabama is not going to be a little bit jealous of the fact that his quarterback is making him. I know that that's part of life. I was going to say that to you. Yep. Managing that even amongst the parent group, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm a member. I'm, I'm I'm one of the Midwest coordinators for the Professional Football Players Mothers Association, yep. and you know, in in sports, like in work, like in everything, there's no level playing field. Nope. You got multi-million dollar players, you know, playing playing with walk-on players. I mean, it just happens, and you've got to decide going in and understanding. I love this sport. I love being with these parents. And you can't start delineating about how much somebody's son makes and whatnot, because it can get fractured quickly. You know, can you imagine when you're the mom thinking, seriously, you know, and and if you go to, if you play for the Ohio State, this is what I tell people all the time. You know, you're the cream of the cream. So you, you've you been, people say, but my son started in high school. Everybody's son started in high school and you play for Ohio State. You started in high school, right? But then it's that moving up to the next level and now you're sitting on the bench. You're not even used to sitting on the bench. What is this all about? We've had parents whose kids have quit because they hadn't gotten to play yet. You know, it's just, it's it's, it's foreign to them. It's a a different thing. It's super difficult. I had, I had that experience because I Mm -hmm. always was a starting baseball player. Always. And I was a starting football player. I just decided I told this Jay this. Sport. I hated getting hit. I didn't mind hitting people, which I, in in hindsight, I should have played defensive back. But right. I was a quarterback, you know, and I loved, you, oh. know, you know, and and Big I bullseye. just hated it. And yeah. so, but I like I went to Ohio State. I got redshirted. I didn't know why I was in school. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah. and so I ended up quitting. And and it, you know, again, it, it's that dramatic. I was known as an athlete. That's mm-hmm. what I did. And then it was mm-hmm. gone like that. And now, can you hard. imagine, yep. can you imagine playing next to a guy where every time you turn around is getting a new endorsement? Yep. It's like, it's like, it's like the big time NFL guys who are getting the Nike deals. My, my girlfriend asked, is your son getting a Nike contract? I said, well, in a, in a matter of speaking, every player gets a Nike contract. It's like $5,000 <laughs> and they get tennis shoes. Yep. Okay. Or, and gear. I said, but it's not like the guy who gets the ninety million dollar contract. No, nope. and you can't even you can't even go there. Nope. You can't even go there making all those comparisons. You just got to stay in your game and your lane, any way you look at it. And I tell parents this every day: my child is still in the top, like less than two percent in the entire world for this sport. Yep. And and within there, there's always going to be a hierarchy. Anywhere you go, it is. But you got to keep your head in the game and understand this is a team thing. And what people negotiate for themselves, bravo for them. Maybe some other parents will now have an opportunity to, to parlay some opportunities for their kids. Yep. Maybe, particularly at smaller universities where these small towns people know, you know, they know the hometown hero, they will buy those jerseys. They yep. will do this. It'll, it'll be a great opportunity for them. But it's just not going to happen for everyone. No, and that's the thing that everybody's got to under. You know, it's it's it is life. It's just it's just it is right. what it is. Um, yeah. But you have a, you had a you, so you have two other sons. One right. of your other sons played football at Kansas. At Kansas, and then your mm-hmm. other son's a cook. Which, like for me, again, like when we were talking, mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks back, 
and and Jay's also like really interesting. He cooks, he sings, right. he and, has like he, his own business. And he draws right. like. Draws. And I want to get him back into. I even said yeah, that to Jay's- him. I'm going to get him back into that. But like for me, it's like you are this epitome of what we love because there's creativity happening in the household. There's athleticism yeah. happening in the house household. There's wellness, you know, and it's like, yeah. like. Did that come from your childhood? Like that, that kind of the way that you are a mom. And I, I love your nickname, DJ, the, the football mom. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> People still call me DJ. I, I, I spoke at a woman's group last night and nothing to do with football. And they introduced me as, and here's DJ, the football mom. That's and lots awesome. of people knew me from that. And I still, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, yes, my mom, my mom instilled that we could do anything. When I say we could do anything, when I would say, hey, mom, my mother got me into a French program when I was in second grade. You know, people want to know, how'd you get into this French thing? I've been speaking French since I was seven. And I got into it because my mom would find out. My mom worked at the emergency room at university hospitals. She was a nurse's aide and every doctor knew her. And she would talk to these docs and find out what their kids were doing. And she wanted to know, well, how do I get my baby into that? How do I do that? I was at Case Western Reserve in a French program in (laughs) elementary school. I mean, just all kinds of opportunities. So I understood how you didn't have to be one dimensional. Like I, I wasn't, when I was growing up, I was known as an orator. Everyone know me as a leader and orator. I spoke, but I could do other things too. My mother let, allowed room for that. So no matter what my child did, I don't know if you knew this, but Jay was the thespian of the yep. year in fifth grade. Yep. Really? Yep. But, but And I thought if he didn't go into football, he could have been an actor. He still can. I always tell them, you know, life is fluid. You can be whatever you want to be. I hate that they objectify athletes as just people who can run and jump and, and catch and do things. Athletes are people too. Eddie, Eddie Seriously, George I want to get a, a t-shirt. Athletes are people too. They can be artists. They can be athletes. They can be scientists. It's amazing to me when people are so uh, like amazed that a child is going to med school. Did you hear that? Oh my God, he's going to med school. Well, yeah, athletes are smart. Yeah, they're they're smart. They they like science. You know, they like numbers. And athletic they, they act. athletics teaches us. It te- that's exactly what I was just going to say. Eddie is a perfect example. He yeah. studied architecture uh in college mm-hmm. and he became an actor after went on broadway yeah he was on mean, broadway and now he's coaching like so he like his pendulum yeah. goes back and forth all the time all and, kinds of stuff and and that's the, like that's one of the things that i think we're trying to highlight is there i mean there's that small element of more than just an athlete more yeah. than just a military personnel, more than right. just what y- people think that you are. Like, cause all of every single one of us is creative, right? Whatever that means to you. Like you're an entrepreneur. You tell right. me how, how much creativity it takes to be an entrepreneur. My God, it's like, you're constantly trying to solve problems, which is what creativity is. I'm going to figure this out. I'm a life coach. So I, I parlay my love for sports into coaching other parents in their journey with their child through sports, because it's a big deal. It can be very depressing yep. when your child's not playing. It can be very, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating when you don't even know which way to go. When your kid's mega talented, you don't know sometimes what you can do. When Josh, who was a standout, a standout track star, looked at me and said, but I wanna go to school for football because <laughs> there's just a better opportunity there. Yep. And I thought, what the heck? 
okay. But we <laughs> got behind that because I have my mother's spirit with that. Okay, let's see what this looks like. You know, and he got two D1 scholarships, one to New Hampshire and one to Kansas. And of course he went to Kansas. He's a writer. He was really trying to fund his writing career. Yep. And he was, a, he was a scholar athlete. He didn't see a lot of time on the field. And I told him, think of this as your part-time job. This job is, football is fueling your dreams. Yep. Understand that you're good at this. You can do this, but you don't have to spend your weeks and days worrying about playing time. Do your best. So he was often the scout team, you know, player of the week. But as it turned out, he had three coaches. That didn't work well. Yep. But he said if he had to do it again, he'd go back to Kansas. He had a great career there. You know, he had a great time in the classroom. He had made great friends there. Sports provides just a family, like, no, like nothing I can think of. It really does. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. No, I'm glad you said that because it is true. Like that's, and I think a lot athletes at any level, I believe that is the hardest part is when it's over is that oh, community. Like, yeah. and I'm sure that's the same way with parents. Like I, I, right. and I think back to my parents, even just like when I was playing in, in high school and the community of parents oh, wow. that were around there from yep. the time, you know, I was nine all the way until I was 18. So it's like, it really truly is an extended family. Like I was saying earlier, like there's multiple parents that were like secondary parents to me right and when it's over oh my even as a parent yep that could be totally transparent just imagine jay was a red shirt and so we had five seasons of sitting in those parent seats watching our child every week with all the rituals going to the skull session walking with the team across the street tailgating we were tailgating before but it's a different kind of tailgating when your child's on the field we had we we prayed with other parents before the game started so we went to the visiting team player room we, i mean just had a ritual and then it was the first spring game after jay had gone to the nfl and i'm at ohio state and we no longer have an armband now you're walking by and there's lots of parents you still know because you just left. There are all these other parents and they're waving and you're going, hey, <laughs> and now it's open seating and we weren't thinking about open seating. So we never had to rush to games because we knew we had a seat. And now we're up there We're we're in like, you know, B deck and we're looking down thinking, oh, wow. And they're, and they're going to the picnic afterwards. And, you know, and, and, and even now I wear my 99 Jersey. I sit in the varsity O section. There's still some parent bless their hearts who say, now, which one's your child? And looking down at the field, uh, I'm over here in varsity. Oh, my, my kid's gone. I said, he, he's Jay. You might see him on channel six and 28 on the, on the football fever. Check him out tonight. But, but you feel like an outsider almost. It's like, that season's gone. Yep. You know, the NFL is not for long. You go, you do it. I tell parents, sometimes parents would ask me, why do you guys travel to all these games? When Jay was an undergrad, when Josh, we were driving 12 hours each way on the weekends to see Josh play. And people would say, oh girl, I couldn't do that. I say, you can't do it later. Yep. You can only do it now. And my biggest regret, I hope Joshua watches this film so you can have it cataloged. We were so used. This is what happens when you're an Ohio State uh, family member. You're so used to winning championships. You're so used to going to, to all kinds of big games. Josh was first season at Kansas. They went to the Insight Bowl. 
And there was so much going on. And I said, we got a whole, you know, he was a red shirt. It's a whole five seasons to go to the Insight Bowl. He's red shirted. He's not going to play. We'll go next time. That was it. There was never a no. next time. Yep. They never went to another bowl the whole time he was there. And I'm sitting, I still have this Insight Bowl ring. And I look at it as a reminder. When I talk to parents, it's a reminder. You can't do it later. Yep. Nothing is promised. Only today. Watch your child play today. You might say, well, I'll go next season when he's playing more and then he's not playing more because he's hurt and he can't go back and play again. So you are Things a motivational change. speaker because I'm getting all pumped up. I'm like ready to go. I'm serious. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, like you do, like you, I, I said this to you, I believe when we were yeah. you know, chatting, it's like, you do have this about you that just, I, I get energized mm -hmm. from, from talking and which is, I love that. I, 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 no, I, it, it's, it I, honestly, it's my gift from God. I have to, I have to be just, I finally have just made peace with the fact it really is my gift from God. I've had people stop me and say that I just needed to be with you just for five <laughs> minutes. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> no. And I think, but I think that that's, that speaks volumes to like, mm -hmm. I think you probably were the perfect person to start this you know, this parents association because yeah. that energy, like, because you exude that, like it just, it, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like literally like, ah, let's go. And if I can tell you this, I started this because of Joe Bradley and Jan Bradley. I went, when I, it was that the first seed was planted, even before we went to that championship game, just the, the, the seed was planted when I was sitting in the stands next to a woman who I found out was Jan Bradley. And I said, hey, how are you? I said, um, who's your son? She said, oh, he, he, he's a walk-on. I said, he plays, right? And she said, well, yeah, but you know. And what she was saying was, I don't have a recruiting class. We didn't right. go to all those events that you guys go to. I don't know most of these people. And then it dawned on me, there are a lot of people who are sitting there. And I, you would think the Ohio State University, your kid has a jersey on and you're still feeling kind of some kind of way. And so I, when we got, when I started the organization, Bradley's kind of high up on the list. So when I got to the B's, she said, are you literally calling everybody on the roster? And I said, yeah, all 105 sets of parents I am. <laughs> she said, well, I'll either start we're here with the bees and meet you and you can go start from the z's and work up and that's what we did we, we formed a great friendship and it was that it was for that reason everybody gets to play when your kid's on the team yep. even if your child's not playing all the time it's not always about playing time just trust me the name ohio state opens doors when young men who've only played a little bit when people we don't even know their name but some corporation says but he played at the ohio state university yep. we need to get this kid in our organization. Oh, so it absolutely. makes a difference. It so, absolutely makes a difference. How, how, how did the, the Campbell's soup thing come about? How, oh my gosh. <laughs> I had heard about different moms. Everybody knows mama McNabb. Yep. You've seen her in the junkie commercial. Um, when I was in, when Jay was in his senior year at Ohio state, Mike Kudla's mom um, told me she had found out about this organization, the Professional Football Players Mothers Association. She had the, the forms and stuff and she passed them on to me. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll look them up. And I looked them up, got involved with the organization. The second year that I was with the organization, we were out in Arizona and a woman from Candy Campbell's, uh, Mimi Dixon came out to tell us about an opportunity to represent Campbell as their um, uh, NFL mom promoting heart health. And they needed someone that for that season, it was the number, it still is the number one killer of women, P, 
period, just period, not even a close second. And so she wanted to know people's stories. If people had a story in their family around heart disease, um, I sent my story into Campbell, became one of the top three finalists, and then became the Campbell Soup Mom for that year. Oh, I was so excited! <laughs> they had the they, they had a, the woman who won um, uh, uh, the, the the runway, uh, the top runway or whatever uh, designer. I think it was top runway designer. She designed my Campbell dress. So they designed me a Campbell dress. I wore it on the red carpet at Lincoln Center. I went around the country. I toured with Eddie George on Radio Row. <laughs> <laughs> going from station to station to station, I got to talk with John Thompson, like sit down and be oh, on his show. That's amazing. Talking about heart disease, talking about moms, talking about involvement. It was such a wonderful opportunity to uplift women, to 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 help women understand this is important. We got to address. It's called. It was called the Address Your Heart campaign, and it opened up a lot of other opportunities to just be able to do what I love best going out and giving out positive messages, sharing it with others. And Campbell was fabulous to work with. Mimi Dixon was amazing to work with. We got to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, do you remember the year that Dallas had the Super Bowl and there was an ice storm? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was the year that I was on Radio <laughs> Row with Eddie. <laughs> I thought of all years, right? Thank God I had gone to the, the Super Bowl in Miami mm-hmm. and had a better, a different kind of experience, I should say. But it was just so much fun. Uh, got to be on the talk, you know, and go and, and do things with just all kinds of interesting people. But most of all, this is what I want to tell parents of kids who play sports, guys who play sports, young women who play sports. The moment you step on to the, your field, your arena, it is a platform. You're being elevated. And honestly, it's not just about sports. It's actually not a lot about sports. It's about using the game to do some good because you're every, all the eyes are on you. When you go and play whatever you're playing, all the eyes are on you. You have an opportunity to use your voice to make a difference. You can use your voice for change. You can do what people take to spend t- just thousands and th- millions of dollars in marketing for, and you've got an automatic stage. Now you've got to use that stage for good. It's also a stage that can cause you a lot of heartbreak because everybody's watching you. Now, did you see that kid picking their nose? I mean, my gosh, you know, what kind of parents they have? And you're thinking, good gracious, they're 18. <laughs> yep. They're yep. 18 years old. Did you see that kid? He was out late. Didn't you, weren't you out late when you were 18 and in college and finally away from home? There's such a huge spotlight. Parents need a support group because I've been talking about the fun stuff, the Campbells, the Dr. Oz, the television, the doing things. But when your kid's name is singled out, yep. all that goes away. Nobody is talking about you. And it's so fleeting. Well, it's when pretty, it's pretty is, scary because it's scary. It's, it's scary in the sense, and, and it, it to me, it makes the NIL stuff so much more relevant because yeah. people sit here and treat student athletes as if they're professionals, particularly at schools like Ohio state. Right. But yet we're not going to compensate them for that. Like students getting death threats, getting like, I mean, it's, it is, it is, it's nuts. Oh my gosh. And there was serious death threats during that national championship year. You know, you mess up and mess up our Texas game all of a sudden, but I'm like, these are kids. It's a game. I had a parent. I was the parent that would run over to the other side at the at the parent gate, the, the visiting parent gate, and welcome Michigan parents, welcome you know Minnesota parents, 
And when they would lose, and they did most of the time, I'm <laughs> Let's sorry. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I would run over to that, that to that visiting parent gate and say, be safe going home. It was good to have you here because yep. I know what it's like. I don't know a lot about it because we didn't lose a lot. But when you did lose, it is a horrific ride back home. Yep. It is like a death. You, you just sit in your car going, oh gosh. And that, and you just feel horrible. Just think if one more play had gone our way. And this woman stopped me and says, okay, now, Deborah, that's the enemy. And I thought, get a grip. Yeah. It is a game, but they treat our young people as if they are paid athletes and they, and, and, and they owe you something. So when something goes wrong, when they make a mistake, people are angry. People who never went to college, people who never played a sport, and they are all over these kids. So we really do have to protect them. I love the fact that they're finally being compensated. Um, Jay, when he was a, 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 very, a freshman, a little kid ran up to me and said, I always, I'm always Jay, I'm Jay, when, when we play Madden. And I thought, well, that's so sweet. Like he pretends like he's Jay. Yeah. And then I found out, no, he's Jay. Yeah. Like number 99, that same face, that everything, it's my child. And it was years, years later before he was part of a class action suit where he finally was oh, compensated. He? Okay. Yeah, but not not enough, but was no. finally compensated. By the time you add, multiply that or divide it by yeah. all the thousands and thousands of yeah. players, you know, but yeah. at least they recognize the fact that this isn't cool. No. Everybody's getting everybody's getting paid, but the child who's who's risking their body. Yeah. And it's their body for the rest of their life. They only get one body. Yeah. When you get crunched up in sports. You know, it's just becoming a, a thing now that most colleges will pay for injuries. They weren't before. You get hurt, you pay on your own insurance. Oh, and I, I yeah. You, you know about that. You're, you, I, I actually, I don't even know if I told you this story. Um, I unfortunately ruined a guy's career at Ohio State. I hit a baseball mm. off of his eye and... Mm. Um, I mm. I know he sued Ohio State, even though it's technically not it's wasn't Ohio State's fault. I mean, like he, right. But at the same time, like it's under their umbrella, and yeah, and uh, it, I don't ever you know really don't know what ever came about. But you know that the thing that he had to go through, obviously with all that, but also the trauma that I not one. It's the reality of sports, but yeah. it's still traumatizing. It is, but Jay not broke one person. Collarbone. Not one uh. person. Yeah. But not one person said anything to me. And I'm sure that's the same with Jay. It's like, right. It's not where like either one of us meant to do those things, it's but part, it's, it's happening in milliseconds. Yep. yep. But I had a guy at work walk up to me and said, your son broke my son's collarbone as if I was, I said, you taught him to do that. <laughs> I said, you know, it, it, it's football. I'm so sorry about your son. I hope, I hope he's better. Um, my son's been injured before. Both of the sons have been injured before. Heck, I got injured. Did I tell you that story? No. Standing on the sidelines. <laughs> oh, no. Jay is in eighth grade. And I'm trying to explain to people, eighth grade football at that time, you know, the only people who are really in the stands, parents, uh, are, are knitting or reading right. books because they're not into the sport. <laughs> Other than that, you're down there walking back and forth. It's eighth grade. So we were down there walking, following the play. And this play looked like it was going to be the big play, going in for a touchdown. So we're kind of following the play down the side. The play ran out of bounds. The two guys were running at top speed. I was the parent in the forefront. I impacted with the players and crushed my ankle. Oh, man. As I'm sitting here talking to you now, I've got a brace on my ankle. I had 14 screws, two metal plates, 
plates broken in seven places, five and a half hours worth of surgery. Oh, jeez. And everybody kept asking me, are you going to sue McCord? Are you going to sue McCord? No, I'm not going to sue McCord. This is my child's school. This is the community where I live. And it was just a freak accident. I've got health insurance, but no, I'm not going to sue the school where my kid is. But right now, if you go to McCord Middle School, there is a sign there that says you cannot be on the field. (laughs) Okay, because so you're a trailblazer, Deb. I'm a trailblazer. That's who I am. That's who I am. And every time I think about this ankle, I tell parents, I use it as a metaphor for parents. I tell them, you can't get too close to the game. You can coach your kid from the sidelines. You can be there for them after the game. But there's some point where it's them and their coach and you don't have any business on that field. You have no business, you know, screaming down and trying to make things better or worse for your kids. You you want to cheer the team, but you don't get involved with that. Who's getting to play and that kind of thing. You can get hurt. I literally got hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's important. It's important. Thank God I can still walk. And my orthopedic still says, I don't know how you're walking. Just the grace of God. want to take a quick break make sure to follow deb on instagram at dj the football mom and on twitter at dj underscore football mom also remember to check out the other podcasts on the abstract athlete network the abstract doctors with dr g and dr c and one man's ethos the tony mandrich podcast now back to deb You know, like one of the things I think we were talking about, like you, you're a big sports fan in general. I am. Um, I am. I grew up a Browns fan. I was going to say you're a Cleveland person. I'm from Cleveland. I'm a Cleveland girl. Um, Yeah. Was that like a childhood thing as well? Like, did you grow up as a sports family? I grew up as a sports fan. Uh, I used to announce track when I was, when I was in high school. I I was a, I was a booster. I was too tall, too uncoordinated to be a cheerleader I don't I never could do a flipping any of that stuff but I could I had a voice so I was a booster I was in the stands leading cheers doing all kinds of stuff you know I even I know much to Jay's existence he's going to watch this I did play rugby at the Ohio State University it's it's fact Uh, I remember we had this conversation iron ovaries I was one I did it for one season I absolutely did play Jay I know what a scrum is stop it stop it and I take credit for his athletic prowess. Of okay. Course. He gets it from his mom. Of course. He gets it from his mom. Yep. And he goes, yeah, whatever, ma. What, whatever. But the reality of it is I love sports. It was a big thing. My parents were big baseball fans. They were big Indians fans. Um, I love the Browns. I love, I just, something about football was just kind of, it's really cool. I'd go to Cavs games, but it was not the same as going to a football game. Yep. So I was really um, praying about Jay playing, hoping he would play. You know, Joshua looked like a basketball player, but became a standout track star. And I thought, wow, this really works for him. So you just never know. The baby boy is in the arts. Yep. The baby boy danced, sang, acted. And I love that as well. It's just, a, you just have to be able to allow your child to be whatever they're going to be. And it never stops. Just because you couldn't do the arts when you're in college sometimes, because it's really difficult to keep that all up and play sports now when sports are like a 24 seven, 365 days now. It's not like it used to be. You played football and then your season was over and you could do something else. But life doesn't end. Josh keeps saying, Ma, I should have been playing piano. Now he's in music production, doing all kinds of cool things. So you can do it. It's never too late. I love what you're doing. I absolutely love what you're doing, promoting 
artist in residence and doing the things that 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 players don't even get a chance to embrace sometimes. No. You know, it's kind of like a, a woulda, coulda, should. I wish I had. I wish I had done that. Yep. It's still time. Well, and it, I think we're you know it, it's not we're we're not sitting here telling people that they have to be professional artists or, or whatever that means. But take right. take twenty minutes, an hour out of a day. And do whatever you're like, whatever you're interested in create creatively. And that can, you know, that changes. And, right, it and, does. But just, you know, it's like. Jam- I'm a testament to it changes. Yeah. No, it <laughs> does. Like you said that earlier, like life is fluid. And it is. And like, that's, that to me is like super cool about Josh that, you know, like I should have played piano. Well, play it now. And now he is. I told, and like. I you're right. I said, you still have those right. hands. Go do it. And, you and, like music? Go get involved with it. But I'm I, still doing the things that make me tick. Yep. Anything and, I wish I had done, I'm working on. Yep. No, that's the same yeah. with me. Like uh, it's like we, I started a program at VCU. I think I mentioned this to you, but I'm not sure mm-hmm. that kind of mirrors the abstract athlete and right. it's called art and athletics. So I have a lot of these student athletes and to be honest with you, the class, a lot of times it's just their decompression space where yeah. they can just yeah. sit there and get lost but, and draw. I think they made a major mistake when they started removing art out of the school it was huge to make because that's what kept people soothed and singing doing different things it was just a wonderful thing to be able to do that yep i i say it all the time i think arts should not only just be in school i think it should be required because of that thank you because of that yeah it's just it's one of those things i i agree like why, why is that? Because I think people think that it's worthless and stuff. And it's actually, no, actually it's probably in terms of academic stuff. It's one of the most important things we can do. Yes. And it works a different side of our brain. It yep. keeps us balanced yep. and it, it, it literally centers us in so many ways. Yep. You know, I started messing around with paper. I never was a person who could draw well. And then I realized I love paper. I love all things tactile. And I started making cards and now I have a custom card business where I'm making different things. You're you're an entrepreneur out of control. Like, I love it. Like you're just, (laughs) I I have an idea. I'm going to make a business. I'm going. Why not? Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Who, who are, I always ask this question because I always find it fascinating, but who are some people that are inspirations? And that can be like, from sports world, from creative world, from parents to whoever, like what are like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's also a big question too. <laughs> yeah, it's a big question. My mom, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it really isn't. My mom was such an inspiration. She could have been that artist. No kidding. She could have been the, the actress, the singer. And she was one of 14 children. And when her sister went off and never came back, her mom was not letting that happen. And she wound up not doing the things that she really wanted to. But along the way, she wanted to make sure that we never were in that situation. And so she was my cheerleader. And I came up with some stuff. I mean, I was the kid that I just, people would go, oh gosh, what's Deb doing now? But I would have an idea. Hey mom, I just found out I can do this. And she would support me. She may not even know anything about it, but she'd find out about it. She found out that my brother could go to Sweden. We lived in Cleveland, Ohio, in the inner city. And she sold fish dinners, fish and chicken dinners to come up with the required thousand dollars that he needed to be able to um, have a spending money while he spent a summer in Sweden. And they did the same thing for me when I went off to, to, to study in France. And to do all kinds of stuff. I went to Africa. My mom would just go, 
okay. And I know it was breaking her heart. It was just so far, but she would get on board. And so I love that. There's a woman who is not with us now. Her name is Anna V. Brown. I was blessed to meet Anna. When I was a senior in high school, I worked at City Hall for a woman who at the time, it was the Office on Aging. This is before we had these big departments on aging. And the city of Cleveland had started it. I was her aide for the summer. And she just poured into me, do it well, do things with excellence. You can do anything. You've got to always be given back to something. And she was instrumental in me getting a full scholarship to Brandeis University for my, for my graduate degree. I will always, always love that woman because she was just there for me in college. She write me notes. There's a woman, I have a lot of women in my life that inspire me, right? There's a woman named Frances Williams. Oh my God, this woman is fabulous. When I was a little girl, see her at church with her three sons. Who knew I was going to have three sons? She had the finest sons in church. Lord have mercy. You go to church because you want to see the Williams boys. And their mama always pulled together. You know, didn't ever have to raise her voice. She had that kind of um, way of doing things that she could do it just with saying what she had to say. To this day, she and I write letters. She has the most incredible penmanship. She's 90, what, she's 91 and 92 years old. Still writing me like it was yesterday. Still inspiring me. Still being a cheerleader for me. I love that. You know, I, I find my heroes being people close in. You know, I may look at other people's lives and stars and whatnot. But the reality of it is the biggest impact has come from my day-to-day -day relationships you know, dear friends in my life who inspire me to do better. I see people and I think, wow, I don't know if you know who Tyson Gentry is. Uh, he got hurt when yep. Jay was, when Jay was in school yep. and became paralyzed. Tyson's yep. got two children, has a foundation. Tyson used to sit behind me in varsity O in his wheelchair, cheering the team on. I can't tell you he didn't get depressed at some point. I'm sure he must have, but Tyson just have kept moving. I think about him when I think about, gosh, I don't have any excuse, not with this ankle. Look at Tyson, he's rolling around and he's still got a family. So those kind of people inspire me. People who, despite all their odds, they keep it moving. Yeah. It makes a difference. You know, so it just, it's really touched me and it encourages me yeah, to Tyson, do what I do. Tyson is like an inspiration just in general. I agree. Like just, Oh, he really is. For anybody. And I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a big woman of faith. I mean, a major woman of faith. And so I just believe, you know, God is the wind in my sails. The Lord's the wind in my sails. And because of that, I absolutely believe that this path that I'm on is purposeful. When I started in ministry and they said, she's on football. No. And a ministry is that <laughs> the ministry. That's what she likes to do. It was indeed ministry. The first time I went out on a track field praying for kids on the field, I was just praying for Josh initially. And this other kid said, Well, shoot, can you pray before I jump? <laughs> and then this young woman came over and she said, I heard that you pray with people before they before they run their race. And <laughs> said, I can. And I did. And I realized, oh my gosh, you can be doing the thing that you love. And still doing ministry, still doing inspiration. That that was a big deal for me, and it still is. You know, so yeah, that, that there's so many every, every day I find other people to look up to. But what my mother used to always tell us, you know, don't look too far up and don't look down on people. Just understand they're all people, they're all doing their thing. And that you don't ever have to feel insecure about someone doing more than you, nor feeling better because they're doing less than you. The reality of it is we're all running our race. Our journeys is different. 
it's really different. Same thing with that, with, with, with football, with, with, with sports, everybody's running their own race. Yep. Everybody's not the same, but all of us, that synergistic effect all together, we're a serious team. We just got to be using it for good. Yep. I mean, that's seriously what oh, it's all about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. God, I, I want I, I would say we should end on that, but I, <laughs> because that was such a perfect way to end, but I like, I'm also interested really in because again, like for me, like I'm, again, I'm energized right now. And Mm -hmm. because like you have, you, you do have this way about for me, like that just gets me excited because you do so much stuff. You do have so much passion and, and, and I think everything that you do, like what, and this is, again, this is another difficult question, but like, where do you see things in five years or so? Like, like, because I feel like you're going to come up with an idea like later today and like make a company out of it. But I mean, you know, is there, is there, do you have a trajectory or do you just like let life be life? Well, sometimes I let life be life, but as Jay would say, um, mom, you're seriously a control freak. And (laughs) somebody told me that. And I said, control freak. I had never heard that before. Control freak. What's wrong with that woman? And I said, Jay, can you believe this woman got me a control? He says, mom, you plan everything. You always got your planner. You're always. And I thought, oh, okay. So from that point, that was about 10 years ago. I started trying to kind of let things go a little bit, but the reality of it is I'm 60. I'll be 64 in August. So you look, you look forward. I have sister, I have a sister that's 80. And so I think, okay, I could live a lot longer, but the reality of it is I want to make what you're hearing is they're mowing our lawn <laughs> of all times, right? It has to be this time on Saturday. But the thing is, I still believe you've got to have something that you're shooting for. Yep. And the thing right now is so hilarious because we're talking about sports. This is something different, but what's near and dear to my heart right now, I'm writing a book right now called Write by, Writing from the Heart right by, you know, right, right, right my hand, right from the heart. I think it's important that we leave a legacy and our legacy is going to come from those letters, those, those notes that we send. Uh, that's a big part of our relationship with our kids, people in our lives, people that we're impacting, not typing. I'm talking about sitting down and writing a note. It's like your DNA being transferred. It's like your spirit being transferred. And we've gotten away from that. Everything has become a, a, a tweet, a text yeah. that's going to be here today and gone tomorrow. I have a book, a box full of letters from my mom, my dad, my grandmother, people who inspire me, uh, people in my life that just have really touched my life. And when I have those tough times, I go back and I read them and it means something. I really want to start a movement for people to start writing. And I'm, so I, I need to make sure that I get that book done this year. And I'd like to see myself in five years as being that woman that started that movement. Oh my gosh, now I do it. You know, if I could start two movements in life and keep them going, it's that parents and people would sit down together and have meals together where their phones are down and they are just engaged with one another. Yeah. You know, they just really sit down and connect. And that they would write a note, a real note afterwards and tell them how much that meant to them. Write a note to people. I got a letter yesterday from my girlfriend's daughter and I was just like, oh my God, man, I was, I couldn't wait. I, I get a cup of coffee. I light a candle. I read and it's like, oh my gosh, I got a letter. It's a fun time. So that's what I'm doing. And just touching lives. I just, I feel like I was made for a big stage 
I enjoy. I agree I with that. I just really enjoy connecting. And so I just want to make sure that my message is clear. It's pure. It's it's life changing. And it's important. I feel like what I have to say is important. I, But I think you're already you've already done that. Like, I think you have left left a legacy in just even the parent association that you started yeah. but you I, I i agree like i uh i just i don't see you stopping and and no. so i love i love this idea of almost like collected notes to become a book is that yes. my understand like that's like really beautiful because i i agree like uh, you know, I don't want to sound like the old crotchety man on the on the porch, like oh, get yes. off my lawn. But it, it, it there is something about the way that we connect to people that is just so different and so disconnected to, to what it used to be. And I don't know. I, I, in some ways, I think COVID might bring some of that back. But yeah, it I, has. I, I believe it has. I, uh, people I, are connecting. Because they feel this need, they're missing it. Yeah, and I just wonder if that's going to stay. I just, I'm hopeful because I, I've been hopeful about the the when you know the pandemic really, really ends. Even though, like, right. you know, obviously it's kind of a roller coaster, but that we do seem to be like moving more back towards being more human, for lack of a better exactly. way to say. Exactly. I mean, people just need a hug. Yep. I mean, seriously, just basic human connection. Yep. People are taking time. I've heard from people that I haven't heard from in years. Yep. Because all of a sudden, it's real. Wow. Yep. A world pandemic. Nobody, I mean, who believes that? You read about them from before, but not in our lifetime, yep. right? And then you start realizing what's really important as you're sitting at home and not going out and, and, and feeling like maybe not, maybe it's too soon. But this need, this gnawing need, when I've seen people now, they hold you tighter for longer. Um, they want to talk a little bit more. We hugged um, right when we met, didn't we? Yes, <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like going to know you forever. I, I was going to start the podcast out. Well, we're doing this podcast because you like my hair. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And I love your hair. My <laughs> no, Daryl said that the other Darryl day. Daryl will have a fit about that because he says, you're always talking about hair. I said, well, here's my thing. I love people with hair. I just like that. And look at you. When you took it down, I was like, oh, my God, look at that hair. It is glorious, is it not? It is yes, glorious. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. He says, you're going to know, Ron. He's got the man bun. He's got the, he's got the man bun. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I let it down oh the other gosh. day during a meeting. He's like, just oh, God, here me. we go. Letting the hair down, just having to show off and stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry, Daryl. So, oh, what can we say, oh, right? Exactly. What a good time, though. But no, and That's yeah, no, I really, I, I really uh, look forward to coming back up and, and doing that again. Because again, like you said, and I, both of us have said it, it did feel, it was so comfortable, like we've known each other forever. And, I know. We and had I, such a good time. And I, yeah, no, I love, and that night was so fluid and we just like, whatever. And we moved and, from here yeah, to another venue. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, but, <laughs> it, but I do like, I, 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 you know, I, the reason why I wanted to have you on is because I did, you know, like what you were just saying about leaving a legacy. I do think that you do have a legacy and I do think that you continually inspire and uplift people. And I think that that's, that can't go unacknowledged because I think that that is a gift. I think that there mm. is something to that, 
that not everybody has, not that, you know, everybody has to have that, but it's those, yeah. those that do have that ability. I think when they give that gift, it's important because, you know, you can tell, I mean, and I haven't met your other sons, but with Jay, like he, he is so proud of you and mm. what you do, like you can. And, and I think yeah. vice versa, obviously, yeah. but it's, yeah. it is, it's something that I, I think that needs to be acknowledged that, mm. that, you know, uh, I just think it's, it's, it's so mm. cool. Like that, that relationship that you two had. And I, you know, I can even see with, with your other sons. And I have it with my boys. I yeah. always felt as important as a parent yeah. to have an authentic relationship with your child. And I tell parents all the time, not as their best friend, they have best friends. Yeah. There's a, there's something special about really being their mom, yeah. you know, and it's, a, it's something that you learn along the way. I've, I've made so many missteps trying to be, trying to figure out what I could, what I need to be in their life. I'm a little too close. I have to pull back. Uh, I'm trying to make suggestions when I need to be listening and you learn though, but all in all, I've always spent time one-on-one -on -one with my boys, you know, all together we did things but I would make it my business. I would go walk with my youngest and we just talk and walk, you know, with Jay, uh, we go to, go to breakfast or lunch with Josh, we go out and do something, but just one-on-one, -on -one, I want to hear what they have to say. Yep. What's going on with them. Cause they're all individuals. So they're not competing. Yep. They're all individuals. And when you have more than one child, my mother had six, um, you're always competing for your mom's attention. You're just yep. always trying to, and it's nice when it's just, the two of you. I remember when my last sibling left and it was just me and my mom. And I was like, finally, <laughs> finally, I get my mama to myself. Yep. And so I remembered that I wanted my children. I also remembered my mother born in 1921, children were seen and not heard. You didn't get into grown folks conversations. Um, you were careful about what you said. I really wanted to hear what my kids had to say. And so I would sometimes have to sit on my hands when I'd ask the question that I didn't realize what the answer was going to be. And I'd say, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That was unexpected. Alrighty. No, you know, that's I, not you... what I wanted, but I didn't want to scare them away or they wouldn't tell me again. They wouldn't tell me anything else. Right. Well, you say something so that I, I actually, listen. I'm, I'm not a parent, but I'm a teacher yeah. and I am very adamant about having one-on-one -on -one relationships with my students. And oh, yeah. during the pandemic, it actually, what I think was more, even more important where mm -hmm. every student of mine has my cell phone. Oh my gosh, Ron, you're my brother. Yeah. I teach at the college and every student has my cell phone number. Yep. yep. And my, my colleagues think that's nuts, but I said, you know what? Uh, uh. That's, you know, it's too much going on. Pick yep. up the phone, send yep. me a text. Let Absolutely. me know. Hi, I've, let me know. This, I've this had my students class. text me at three in the morning. I can't sleep. So I started drawing. And that oh, to me, that to me means something. It's like, I actually got it through does. and it's, you know, so it is like, even though I'm not a real parent, I'm that extended parent that I, yes. they know that anytime they need me, whether it's just for fun or right. serious, they can pick up the phone call or text me. And, and I think that there, there is something about that, that it goes back to you talking about the letters, that right. connection, that, that that real connection, a real connection. Yeah. You know, when someone says they're your Facebook friend, yeah, um, oh my gosh, I had a woman run up to me. I didn't know who she was. And she kept going on and on and on. And she says, I told you I knew Deborah. And I'm thinking, she says, you know, we're friends on Facebook. And I, oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> silly me. I'm 
sorry. Oh, yes. What have yes, I done? Yeah. But the reality of it is real relationships, you know, take time. Yep. They take nurturing. It's that one-on-one time. It's that, I mean, to this day, I still write little notes to my bestest friends who live in town. Yep. But some days when they're having a tough day, I know it's, they need a little bit more than a phone call. If I can't get over there for us to go have a cup of coffee, I sent a quick note. Yep. But it's just that having it in hand, that person took the time yep. to let to I, let, let you know I matter. Like, like you matter to me. Yep. It's important stuff. I yeah. love what you're doing. I absolutely love what now, you're doing. Now, and I, you know, like I know one of the things that we're going to continue to talk about because I do, I, I would love to like start a podcast with you. I think, oh, wouldn't that be fun? I, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think you would because again, I think you have such a big personality and an yeah. honest, real connection with people mm. that I, I think it would be great to just have you. Uh, you know, we already showed you the the logo and everything. We already have right. it. We already have it mapped out. So, um, but I I do Love because it. I I think that what you talked about today, like parents in our lives are forever or they are um and no they are and it is like it's 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 such an important aspect of whoever we we become like whether Mm -hmm. you know i have like tough times with my dad still and because we're totally different people but i still love him he's my dad and and same with my mom and and, i get that and i know that i'm very personable because of my dad my dad Literally, people that call personality. He literally people call him Mister Upper Arlington. Like, because oh wow, that's just, so cool. You know, like that. It's that big, yeah. big and, driving personality. And and my mom's more quiet, so I'm like, and I'm reserved in that sense too. Like, so I'm this yeah. perfect combination of both of them. And mm-hmm. you know, like we have our differences and blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. like, I still love them. That's my normal. Parents. Yeah, yeah. We're not supposed yeah. to be the same. And 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 so like, I, I do think like that idea of having a podcast with you is, is such an interesting space because again, like you have three completely different kids that right. are super successful in different ways right. and you nurture them in different ways and that understanding and, and, and your entrepreneurial spirit and like your inspirational spirit. And I, yeah, I, I think, I think it would be fun. a lot of fun. I would love to do so that. We're going to, we're going to definitely talk more we'll have about to, that. We'll have so to for, just keep, yeah, we keep yeah. plugging so, away at that one. I'm going to get Daryl to go, come on, Deb, let's do this. Um, <laughs> you know what? I didn't, I wish I told, I told this little kid that I, I was mentoring that I wish someone had told me this. I was serious when I said that talking was my gift from God. Um, this little one was premature. He was born at one pound and nine ounces. <sighs> and when he finally could talk, Michael never stopped talking. He just kept talking. He just kept talking. He was a bundle of personality with this cute smile. Um, just we and, and watched him go. Michael was over six feet tall, and when he was so tiny, you couldn't even imagine that. But when he was getting ready to go off to school, I told Michael, "This is what I want you to do. I wish someone had told me this, Mike, when I was your age. I want you to walk up to your teacher, look her in the eye, and say, talking is my gift from God.'" I'm going to talk. I need you to figure out a way for me to channel this so I can use it for some good. Either way, I'm going to talk. And <laughs> this is going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I, I said, I was always writing a hundred times. I will not talk in class. I was sitting in the corner. I will not talk in class. I was getting straight A's, but also like you could get a one being the top and three being the lowest threes for talking too much. Deborah's a wonderful student, but she talks entirely too much. 
And I thought, I was trying to give you clues. <laughs> the kid who is writing on your wall, writing on their furniture, writing on their notebook, drawing on stuff. They're telling you, I'm an artist. Just, I'm an artist. Don't you see this? Yep. And so Michael became a stellar orator. He still is. He's, he's, he's graduated from college this coming year. And he's speaking out of Kent State. He was speaking in Olentangy. He was speaking everywhere. But he had the permission to be who God made him to be. That's what we have to do as parents. Recognize the clues. Children leave clues yep. all the time. They're telling you who they are. Yep. You just got to work with that yep. and go with that and let them show you how they can use that. It's so important. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, this is so freaking awesome. This uh, has been delightful. Uh, and, and again, like I, it, I'm just so glad that we met. I'm, you know, I, I just love the relationship between all of your family, like Daryl and Jay. And yeah, I look we have forward an amazing to, family. I, I no, I said that to Daryl. I was just like, <laughs> first of all, you don't look your age. Like you just said, or like I told you that. <laughs> And I and Daryl said, yeah, it's a family thing because Daryl doesn't look That's his true. age either. I know, not um, at all. He looks fabulous. But um, absolutely, fabulous. I just look forward to like you know this continued relationship with all of you because again, like it is, it is. I I truly mean this. Like I I'm like so energized right now. Like I'm gonna even though I already worked out, I'm like I gotta do something. <laughs> I gotta do something. Maybe it's creative stuff. Like now, I love it. But I um, love it. And I'll let you know. Like I said. Um, I'll probably be coming through town. I might go out West again uh, before school starts and maybe okay. I'll stop through town and like, we can get together. And then this, Wonderful, I'll, I'll, I'm heading to DC this week. This, oh, this coming you're, week. You're close. Yeah. If, if, if I get a chance to let me know, cause I'm, I'm okay. I'll like, let you know. Cause my, my dear friend passed away. She used to be Colin Powell's photographer. You worked, she in, was, you worked at, who did you work for? I, okay. I worked as a presidential intern. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 Presidential intern, Reagan was the president at the time, but I was presidential intern assigned to Andrews Air Force Base and was there from 1981 to 86. Wow. And then I was over on Guam. When I moved to Virginia, I was at headquarters tech and I was at Langley Air Force Base. And our base photographer was Mamie, Mamie Burke. And we got to be fast friends. Her husband and I worked together. We all got to be just really close friends. And she passed away, unfortunately, at 66 years old. And she's being buried in Arlington and I'm giving her eulogy oh, cool. uh, this week. So I'll be there from Monday till Thursday. Well, yeah. I mean, if you uh, let, let me know, so like if, can, I, if I get a chance to come up or something, we could maybe that have would lunch be wonderful. or something. Um, yeah. If not, we'll get together soon. And this will be out in a couple of weeks. The last one other thing is what kind of music do you like? Cause I always write different kinds of music. Um, oh, okay. So I it, like, um, I like jazz. I like jazz. upbeat music. I'm, I'm a, I'm eclectic when it comes okay. to music, Good. really. I, I don't know if you know, I played the violin. You told me that. Yes, yeah, so see, I love classical again, music like, coming up. You're, you're, you're an abstract athlete because you were an athlete. You do creative you things. Go. You're an entrepreneur. Like you, you fit completely into what we're doing. So I love it. <laughs> this is wonderful. Uh, no, I, this it, has it, been the most. This has been a fun Saturday morning yeah, for me. No, I, ditto. Like I, like I said, it's just this is a great way to start the day. So, um, absolutely. But we'll catch up soon. And um, like I said, just let me know when you're up there, and maybe I can run up. And if okay, not, I'll give but you if, a call. If not, like uh, I, as I said, I might pop through town. But if not, I'll be I'll be back over the holidays as well. And so we. Oh no! Okay, wonderful. Together, Let's just so. try to figure that out so we can see one okay, another. Awesome! Awesome! Okay. Awesome! Okay. Have a great rest of the day, and thank you. You have a wonderful day. Thank this has so been much. a lot of fun. Absolutely. Okay. Keep doing what you're doing. I, you, you do the same. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye bye. Take care.
had such an amazing time chatting with Deb today. But, you know, like I said, from the moment we were introduced to each other, it's like we've known each other forever. Really loved hearing her stories about her incredible family and how she really, truly creates her own path. Again, make sure to follow her on Instagram at DJ the Football Mom and on Twitter at DJ underscore Football Mom. A reminder again to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our other social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.